Kevin. Tell me about your weirdest or like worst Halloween. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have not always been a big Halloween person in terms of like the whole costume and everything. I've always been very lazy with my costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought I was cooler than everybody else, not for any good reason. That tracks for you. It does, yeah. We all have our villain phase, and mine was being a douchebag. So, a buddy of mine who shall remain unnamed and I, my freshman year of college, decided that we were going to be dressed up for Halloween. By which I mean, when everybody asks you the question as, what, are you just, what did you dress up for as Halloween? I go, I dressed up. Do you mean like you guys wore suits? I, I wore a shirt and tie and like nice, nice uh, shoes. Such an asshole. Yeah, yeah, we both were. Um, but my friend had severe social anxiety that was going very untreated. And he, to counteract this after we'd both drank a lot of bourbon, took a bunch of caffeine pills. Like, oh no! Snorted caffeine pills. Oh! Had a panic attack and fell down on the floor of the very disgusting frat house in the middle of a party. <gasps> at which point, I had to take him home and like sit there and watch him cry in the corner. Oh no! Yeah, that uh, you win. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was very angry that I couldn't go back to the party because I was having fun getting drunk and being a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would have hated you. I would have been like, who is this asshole? Yeah, I think mine is probably in college, too. I just don't remember any of those Halloweens, so I can't really give specifics, but I'm sure I had a weird time. It was Oklahoma City. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure it was weird. I've had pretty good ones since I moved uh, to New York, so. Well, because a lot of them have been with me. <laughs> Gross. Eat my butt. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe? Remember that time we watched Terrifier? You mean the 2016 American slasher film written, co-produced, and directed by Damien Leone? I do, and not the short that it's based on. Correct. (laughs) I'm Nicole. I am Topher. And we're the horror babes. Correct. I admit to crimes every week. (laughs) It's a new theme. And we'll be following the normal format here today, just in case this is your first time with us. That normal format is Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, and then I'll take us through the plot, and then in our third installment, we will analyze said plot. So, without further ado, who made this thing? Well, you already shouted out most of the production crew. Uh, true. <laughs> so yeah, as you said, directed, written, co-produced, and edited by Damien Leone. Um, this is his like lifelong project. So yeah, he has been working on some version of Art the Clown for 14 years. So yeah, he started this in 2008 with the short film The Ninth Circle. That was Art the Clown. He then did the short film Terrifier uh, in 2011, Art the Clown. Uh, And then these two shorts were incorporated into the 2013 anthology film All Hallows' Eve, uh, which was Art's first feature film appearance and Leone's feature directorial debut. Featuring Art the Clown. So finally in 2016, uh, well, in 2015, he launches an Indiegogo campaign to finance this. Um, One of the other producers said, okay, yeah, no, like, I will give you the money. So, uh, who Phil Falcone, who was also our second AD. um, So he, Falcone just like, is like, yeah, great, I'll give you the money. So he 
gives them the money, money uh, project is funded, and in 2016, we received the first feature-length film uh, solely focused on Art the Clown and a story therein. So yeah, this and now we have Terrifier 2 coming out later this year. <laughs> oh, we do? Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw something about that. Yeah, uh, Dread Central. Yeah, out. Dread Central and Epic picked it up. Um, wow. Uh, or rather, they're they're funding this one as well because they uh, for distribution because that's they saw it at Telluride and they were like, "Yep, we'll do this for the first one." And now they're doing it again. Gotcha. Yep. So, I'm gonna say this in the nicest way because I am one of these people. Not I'm not in this film, and I didn't help make it, but what? I'm I know crazy, right? <laughs> um, but I am one of the one of these types of people in that uh, I have done a lot of shit that no one has ever seen, <laughs> and that is this cast mm-hmm. and crew. Um, normally, you know, I like to go through and be like, oh yeah, you might know them from this or that or the other. No, you don't. You definitely do not. Correct. Um, other than one one actor in here, so our cast is Jenna Cannell as Tara Hayes, Samantha Scafidi as her sister Victoria Hayes, David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown, Catherine Corcoran as Dawn, uh, Poya Masani as Cat Lady, the creepy lady with the doll, and Matt McAllister as Mike the Exterminator. We also have Katie McGuire as Monica Brown, the, uh, the news anchor, um, and a few other people who pop in, but that's our main cast. The only person in this cast you would maybe would know is uh, Poya Masani, so she is a dope actor. She's a Persian-Iranian actor. She is the first ever Middle Eastern trans woman to play a judge on Law & Order SVU. Nice. Yeah. it's a good shout out. Yeah, she's, a, she's an awesome trans activist. Um, she came out a few years ago, um, I think right before this. Mm-hmm. It might be a decade. I don't know. My brain doesn't understand how time works because I don't think it's real. Uh, but yeah, she's very good in this. She's very creepy. Paul Wiley was our composer here. Um, another person who this is, he's done this and some other stuff, but nothing that, very, very small projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is doing Terrifier 2. Gotcha. Our cinematographer was George Stuber. Uh, they, again, he worked on all, he worked on Hall, All Hallows Eve. He worked on Terrifier. Uh, he's working on Terrifier 2. And he's shot some of the Just for Laughs specials. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I love a small crew. I love an indie crew and I love a crew that sticks together. Of course, yeah, that's that is a trend that we see in a, in you know most filmmaking, but especially horror and especially indie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the budget was thirty five k. Runs a tight eighty six minutes or eighty four, and then two minutes of credits. Um, yeah, it's it is a tight movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was released uh, in two thousand sixteen at Telluride. It got a wider release in the states in two thousand eighteen. Um, but primarily has been on uh, digital VOD since then. Yeah. Um, but that's all I've got for now. We'll talk more about the production and everything later. What happens? Well, this movie starts with a man who's watching on like a small TV where Monica Brown, who is our talk show host, interview- interviews a severely disfigured woman who is the only survivor of a massacre that, take- that took place on the previous Halloween already already um shouting out halloween yes um the movie (laughs) and this makeup is fantastic yeah this woman's face is like grotesque it's pretty disfigured yeah and then uh 
She mentions that the body of the killer, known only as Art the Clown, not to be confused with Krusty the Clown and the other clowns that we've come to know and love, (laughs) um, disappeared from the morgue, suggesting that he is still alive. Dun, dun, dun. However, the disfigured woman insists that she saw him die. So we don't know. No idea. But, you know, we can kind of guess based on um, the fact that this movie happens. Um, And then... (laughs) The man furiously kicks the TV. He shatters the glass and fills a garbage bag with bladed objects. Garbage bag, not the best choice here. Yeah, that's that's not safe. After the interview, Monica talks to her boyfriend on the phone and then makes these remarks about the interviewee because of her appearance. Rude. Yeah, she's, she's so like, rude. she's savage. She's, yeah, like, like, fuck off, man. This person's a survivor of, like, a severe trauma. Like, relax. Yeah, why don't you not be a dick? Yeah. And then after she hangs up, the disfigured woman who had been eavesdropping on her attacks Monica and gouges out her eyes, leaving her disfigured just like her. It's one of those, like, she just, like, sticks her thumbs in the eye sockets. Oh, it's it's a great opening shot. It's just like, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. So then it's next Halloween. I wonder what's about to happen. Um, Two friends, Tara and Dawn, leave a Halloween party and drunkenly wander back to Dawn's car. They notice um, a strange man in a clown costume, but it's Halloween. So, you know, under the veil of it being Halloween, they don't think much of it. Um, Yeah. And Tara's like, Dawn, you don't need to drive. Yeah, so they go to a pizzeria because they're, like, trying to sober up before they head home. Just chilling in Brooklyn. You know, it happens. You Sometimes you just need a slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. You know? And then after a short time, the restaurant owner roughly escorts Art from the premises for smearing his own feces all over the bathroom walls. It's disgusting, Art. Why are you like this? This? Not again, bro. Like, damn. <laughs> we can't go anywhere because of you. All too true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> The girls discover that one of Dawn's car tires has been slashed. And then Tara calls her sister Vicky to come pick them up because they have no way of getting home. They're waiting and Tara asks this pest control worker, Mike, if she can enter the the apartment building he's working in just to use the restroom. This apartment building is... And meanwhile, Tara's like, dude, just piss between cars. Yeah. Just, just like, it's easy. You know, rough times call for rough measure, measures, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just gotta, you gotta do it. Um... But just take a squat. Once inside, Tara encounters a deluded woman who's just credited as cat person, which dream, dream role, <laughs> dream credit. But she's giving me log lady. A lot of this movie gives me David Lynch. I think I think he's got to be a huge fan. Oh, yeah. From the the woman calling her baby doll mommy. Yeah, to, yeah. To kind of like the disfigured woman, like it, the opening of this film. Yeah, like it's it's a more um, brutalized it, David she Lynch. She looks like Elephant Man. Yeah. That's what it is. So, um, the cat person believes the doll she carries is her infant child. <laughs> Creepy vibes. <laughs> And then Art returns to the pizzeria where he kills and mutilates the two workers before abducting Dawn. And then, uh, yeah. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. And then Tara soon encounters Art inside the apartment building. He pursues her through the indoor mechanic's garage and then stabs her with a scalpel. She tries to alert Mike, but Art pretty much drugs her. Like, yeah. definitely drugs her. And then, Yeah, because Mike's got his headphones in. He's just He's just having a time. Just spraying for bugs. Killing rats. At like midnight. Yeah. Do it overnight. Why not? I guess. But then um, Tara wakes up and she's bound to a chair. 
And Art reveals Dawn suspended upside down from the ceiling, butt ass, motherfucking naked. Yup. Girl. It was a hoofa. Girl. Um, and then he forces Tara to watch as he <laughs> saws Dawn in half with a handsaw right down the vagine. Yup. From vagine to nose. From vagine to nose. It's not the usual way I like to have a vagina in my nose, but uh, here From we are. From one crown to the other. <laughs> um, um, uh, Tara escapes, but Art draws a handgun and shoots her to death. The cat lady sees all of this and begs Mike to call the police. Mike dismisses her as insane, which, fair. I mean, Honestly, I can't. Weird lady who cried wolf, you know? She yeah. says creepy shit and weird shit all the time. I wouldn't believe her either. I mean, come on. Um, but Art soon knocks him unconscious with a hammer. And right then, to the forehead. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> not not unlike everything else in this movie, you know? <laughs> and then the cat lady discovers Art cradling her doll. In a plea for the return of her quote-unquote child, she tries to show motherly compassion to Art by cradling him. Oh, this scene freaks me out. It's giving me, like, Norman Bates. It's giving me uh, Leatherface. And that gets even more uh, so in a second. And and she's clearly picked up on that Art has mommy issues. (laughs) And so then Vicky arrives to take Tara and Dawn home. Uh Uh-oh. Vicky, you in danger, girl. Yeah, time time to go. Gotta go. And she's lured into the basement by Art. Always a sentence I don't really understand. Lured into, like, is he hypnotic? Like, what's going on? Like, would you follow a clown? No, I would not. I would not follow a clown into a basement. I wouldn't follow a clown anywhere. I would go in the opposite direction of any clown I saw. I wouldn't, first of all, I wouldn't follow anybody into a basement. Yeah, no. Second of all, I, yeah, uh, clowns freak me out. Um, A therapist, not my therapist, but a therapist once told me that the reason why I don't like clowns is because I can't tell what facial expression they're making because they're literally painted to mm-hmm. be making one facial expression. So you can't tell what what they're actually feeling or thinking. Yeah, it's... I was like, that makes sense. Yep, yep. I might get the quote wrong here, but fuck it. You ain't got to be Ulysses S. Grant to know you don't want to fight in a fucking basement. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I feel. Um, and then there she discovers that she, what she believes is an injured Tara, but it's actually the clown art who had severely mutilated the cat lady and is wearing her scalp and breasts. Just like you said, Leatherface, baby. Yeah. Let's, um, wow. Uh, Mike's coworker arrives looking for him, but is decapitated by art. Ooh, that's a gruesome death too. Yeah. None of these are, none of these are soft deaths. Um, <laughs> Vicky escapes Art, but stops to grieve upon finding her sister's corpse. I mean, I would say that she's sort of like, oh, shit. Yeah. More than anything, but yeah. Art then attacks her with something called a cat of nine tails. What the fuck is that? A uh, cat of nine tails is like... So you remember the Pokemon Nine Tails? Yeah. That's what it's named after. So The, the Pokemon? Ni- well, the Pokemon's named after this, this like, torture device. Yeah. I was so like, it's. The math isn't mathing. What? <laughs> so the nine. It's a, it's a whip with nine ends, typically, like, laced with, like, glass and metal. It was meant to, like, severely mutilate people. Like, that was the point of it. It was a torture device. I do not want to know how you know that. 
but Mike arrives suddenly and knocks Art unconscious. Then the two flee and call 911, finally. Yeah. Um, But before they can escape, Art appears and kills Mike. Mm -hmm. Vicky goes into a garage and Art rams through the door with a pickup truck, causing further injury to Vicky. Just rocks her. Yep. And then, you know, she can't move, so she's just on the ground helplessly. Art begins to eat her face. Um... (laughs) I'm sorry for anyone wearing headphones right now. I'm just too... This movie. Um, Police arrive, but Art shoots himself inside his mouth with a pistol before the officers can apprehend him. And, like, we see the hole in the back of his head. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't hide anything. Mm -mm. There's no cutaway. No. No. Um, Art's body is taken to a morgue along with the bodies of his deceased victims. When the medical examiner unzips Art's body bag, Art reanimates and strangles him to death. So we get that, like, kind of superhuman um, villain thing that we kind of get a little bit yeah. with, like, Michael Myers. And, like, you know, you're like, how are you not dead? And then one year later, Vicky is released from the hospital after rehab from the injuries inflicted by Art. She is revealed to be the severely disfigured woman from the film's opening scene. And then the events of the entire movie took place that previous year. Yeah, that's the reveal. That's the reveal. And that's that's it. That's the movie. It is. It actually feels like there's more plot than actually or more story than actually happens in the movie. (laughs) I know when you write it down, it kind of feels like like fuller fuller yeah. <laughs> yeah this movie is empty right in yeah. all senses of the word yeah the my first thought of it afterwards was i felt like i just like we we throw around the we throw around the phrase torture porn a lot mhm more so talking about the torture part yes right but this movie equally felt like a porn in the way, follow me here, stay with me, don't... I'm here, I'm here, I'm along for the ride, I'm strapped in, I've got a seatbelt on my uh, desk chair now. It felt like a porn in the way that it had like zero plot, zero meaning, it didn't make any statement. Like instead of, uh, it's instead of it being about putting things in holes, it's about putting holes in things. Yeah, yeah, so like... There was, you know, most of the movie is torture, but yeah, it also, it gave me, it gave me a lot of porn vibes just because, yeah, nothing happened. It was meaningless. It, uh, uh, there, yeah, there was no message. No. To be found. It was just fucking around. It's Seinfeldy in the fact that it's about nothing. Except this guy named Art the Clown. With mommy issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, Who knows? Porn. Who knows? He has no motivation. Yeah. He's just doing shit. Yep. So yeah, I mean this movie's this yeah this movie's empty as hell, but I liked it. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about it. Um, in that, by having trying to have no message, it ends up having a pretty shitty message. Uh, in that how it treats women. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously that's gonna be um, my main topic to discuss about this movie is that. So this was my first time seeing it, and I think that when you see a movie that is as uh, pushing the envelope and as um, trying really hard to be shocking, you are going to be kind of drawn into it just because you're like, oh, are they really doing this or are they really doing this? But it holds no ground beyond that. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't watch this a second time. I'm kind of, you know, its whole appeal is kind of like, oh, how far can a horror film really push the envelope, which... Great, I respect that. Yeah. But what I don't There's really... There's art in that. Yeah, but what uh, I... I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> hilarious. Ba-bum-ching. Um, but what I don't respect about it is 
how it treats women and how um, a, a movie that literally came out in 2016 can try to set us back like at least 20 years with yeah. what we've done um, to kind of reconcile how horror films have traditionally traditionally treated women because Men do die in this film, yes, um, but they're all fully clothed and they're very quick deaths. The women who die in this film are naked and tortured. Their breasts are cut off. They're um, literally sawed in half from the vagine to the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, temple to temple. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Am I right? Uh, But, so... You know, like, it's very clear that this movie hates women and it takes on this very, like, takes on this view of, um, we don't know anything about art, right? We don't know anything about, yeah, that's, we have no backstory. Yeah, it's supposed to be scary because you know nothing about him. Uh, yeah. You don't and, know why he does this. You don't know who he is, where he came from, any backstory. It's just terrifying that you, it, the, the terror comes from not... Obviously, the things he does, but not knowing anything about it. Yeah. Any sort of narrative. We've talked about this before. Like, any sort of narrative is a comfort. Yes. So, just having a chaotic force in the movie makes it exactly what it's called. Terrifying. But it takes on kind of, like, this viewpoint of sexy and sexualized women deserve to be, like, tortured and, you know, uh, brutally murdered in Mm. this way. Um, where down to Dawn being the dumb blonde. Yeah, where like, you know, if you if you know when he when he kills any of the guys, like it's like, you know, it's a blunt force to the head and it's it's done. Or it's a quick decapitation, yeah. Yeah. So it's like Or relatively quick compared to everything else in the movie, yeah. But it's like the 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 only view that I can really um recall in this movie is that like women deserve to suffer. And it's just like it's tough for me. That's tough for me to get past. If sure. this movie had a message or like had a um, had other redeeming qualities to it, other than just the shock value, I could probably say like, you know, oh well, maybe maybe we're getting somewhere with it. Maybe I can like try to see it differently or whatever. But it's just I don't know. It's one note, and it's a note I don't like. Right. So. Yeah, it's funny because I don't think the movie intentionally hates women, and I'm gonna explain what I mean. I'm not, this is not a defense of this either. This is just sort of like looking at it as it is. So taking it as at its own face value, right? The movie is clearly just an homage, right? Yeah. It's an homage to 70s and 80s slasher films, especially like budget slasher films, although there are direct references to other bigger deal movies that are kind of like in the canon. Yeah, I mean, we've got Silence of the Lambs, we've got, um, we've got Psycho, we've got, you know, we've got all, Halloween, obviously, so yeah. yeah. Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre, we've got, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's doing the homage thing, but the problem with that is that it's importing all of the values that were negative in those. Yeah. Again, I think none of those films are intentionally misogynistic, the, the ones we named at least, Um. That being said, the other films it's being a throwback to, by which I mean the B-horror films like Straight to VHS or like Midnight uh, Midnight Movies, um, that sort of shit of the 80s, That those were like, oh yeah, no, we hate women, punish the sluts, right? Yeah. So 
it's not doing it on purpose, but by referencing all of these things and trying to be one of those movies, yeah, it ends up being one of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I just, I'm not excusing it for that, but it's just, it's, it's almost funny that it's like, dude, really? Yeah, because how did you miss that? Well, yeah, because I mean, you can. We, and we've seen it. We've seen um, current movies that pay homage to, you know, uh, movies that we consider horror classics. Um, but they've taken the good parts of those movies, the the um, the the non-offensive parts of those movies, but then made them offensive, but in a in a in a safer way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, where it's not so. Like, you can make a fucked up horror film without it being geared towards one population. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah. So I think I think you're absolutely right when you said that this movie took all of the negative viewpoints of some of our favorite, you know, like classic horror mm-hmm. films. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously, it's tough to watch when... When it is a real fear that that uh, women have to deal with every single day, yes, w- having to be um, on high alert uh, ten times more than than men do, just because pe- people are nuts, and so to see that is definitely really difficult in a psychological way that I don't think is welcomed by mm-hmm. most people and women in general. Um, and again, like I'm, I, I I'm. I'm a reasonable person if this movie had actually had a message um, and said literally anything or I don't know, uh, I would probably be a little bit more willing to investigate more about, you know, what what it's actually trying to say. But the fact that it's not saying anything makes it really tough for me to want to dive deeper into that. Um, But I will say I will say that I think this movie hinges on the performance of Art the Clown and oh, holy yeah. shit. He's I'm, amazing. I mean, just incredibly sinister and um, wonderful physical acting from um, uh, David, David, Howard Thornton. David Howard Thornton. Yeah, I was about to say David Thornton, but I knew there was a middle name in there <laughs> or a second name. Um, yeah, David David Howard Thornton, like, bravo. Um I think this movie would have been a, a steaming pile of dog shit if he had been really, like, just lacking. Oh, he's If he, he had been corny in any way. Yeah. And the fact that it's all done through mime, I love. Because I do love traditional mime and traditional clown. I think it's really, like, I, I've talked about before, I love Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. And that's clown, right? And yeah. I've seen a lot of really great mime performances. One of my good friends from undergrad um, ended up studying, uh, like, traditional clown, um, like, Parisian clown style. Um, and that stuff's really cool. And when you incorporate it into horror, like we talked about this with Nosferatu and Caligari, that those rickety movements are all from that. Mm-hmm. And they terrify when they're inverted, right? When yeah. they're not being silly, when it's not Buster Keaton being like, uh-oh, I've made the house wrong. I'm going to stand here while it falls all around me. Yeah. <coughs> God. Um. So yeah, when you when you invert that or you throw it in some creepy makeup and it's just him trying to play clown, but then it's the the costume design and makeup design are so good that it's just fucking terrifying. Yeah. <clears throat> That's when it really like takes off for me. Um and he actually got the part because he did a scene in mime killing someone. Um 
That was the audition? That was the audition. He Sounds didn't say a right. word when he walked in. He just went in, did the did his mime bit, and Leon was like, yeah, that's the guy. He's fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you know, you know. Right. So... <laughs> When you shit your pants, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'll also say that I, I will say some good things about this movie. I think it uh, the cinematography is fantastic. It's a it does a really good job of using wide shots and still being terrifying. I do kind of enjoy that it feels like a B movie. Yes, and that's and again the point of this movie is that there is no point. Yeah. Um, but that was the big criticism. It was like the same thing that we're saying. There is lightly a plot. There is no story. Yeah. You know, like, A, B, C all happen. Again, feels like a porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's room for stuff like this. I wish it had not just been women being mutilated. Yeah. Because um, I'd be fine if, you know, Mike had a rough death, death too. Or if he had been the one chained naked upside down. I understand the point of it being her best friend. But... It, there, yeah. There's a lot of ways that you can play with the gender of all of this, and I, it feels weird to applaud somebody for hiring a trans woman to just play a woman because trans women are women, yeah, and not highlighting the fact that she's trans, but knowing that she is makes it feel transphobic, um, and unintentionally. I mean, like I said, this movie is so intentional about what it wants to do that it ignores everything that it's doing unintentionally. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and then the um, the whole Silence of the Lambs uh, moment in this also just you it know heightens that yeah. it heightens the yeah I mean I mean we we've talked about uh, Silence of the Lambs and how its um, transphobic narrative is is pretty pretty rough uh, and this just kind of reinforces that in this film I, I don't love that they decided to do that. Kind of, you know, reiterating the idea that trans uh, bodies are monstrous. Yeah, or that they're tricky. Yeah, like something like that. So, yeah, I just, there there are a lot of missteps here that I I, I can't really, uh, I can't really overlook. Like, I don't think I'll actually ever watch this movie again. I just don't, I don't know. After reading up on the what he's talking about with the sequel, I'm interested in seeing it. No, I would love to see if, you know, I'll see the sequel just to see, like, what what comes of it. But I, I yeah, cause he's, don't he's have trying to do. Hopes. He said he sat down for um, a, a character-driven script because he took the criticism from the first one. Yeah. That there was just no characterization. And so it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, we know nothing about the ladies that get killed other than they're hot. Yeah, I mean, we, and then the only one who survives we is the only one we know anything about in that she's uh, a hardworking student and kind of schlubby. Yeah. Um, and has a best friend that she lives with. But you want to know something really annoying about this movie? <laughs> sure. It passes the Bechtel test <laughs> multiple times over. Isn't that because, I mean... Neither of them have love interests. Well, it's because they don't talk about a man. They never talk about a man in any conversation unless they're talking about Art the Clown. And they're all named. Sure, but they die so quickly. I feel like I can't really... Like, okay. Every line of dialogue that is not about Art the Clown is between two women. Well, every, every line of dialogue between two women. All the women are named, except for Cat Lady. And <laughs> um, they never talk about a man unless they're talking about Art the Clown. And that actually doesn't happen that much. And it passes it like five different... I was counting just but, out of curiosity. Okay, but 
I, just like we said, like it's a that's flawed fair. test. That's a point. That the point is that it's a very flawed test. <laughs> so two points to argue that. Yeah. We already said there's a plot but no story. Correct. Therefore, who are they going to talk about? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we only know the only thing that we know here is Art the Clown mm-hmm. and. These Mike two the Exterminator. <laughs> and yeah, and Mike the Exterminator. We don't see that. Like, no, that, that's silly. And then also they die within like the first 30 minutes of the movie or they're chained up like with yeah. tape over their ma- mouths. Like, that's not. No, I, I no. it's a flawed test. It's just a funny thing to point out. It's it's very funny to me. If there if they actually if we actually had a story, then. Where where there are you know um, other men it, 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 like yeah yeah that, no I'm saying no. like I'm saying the Bechdel test is very flawed love no, Alison no, Bechdel no. she's amazing but like the it's not she didn't even she she was writing it in the comic as a joke like that's yeah. the history of it people yeah. started calling it the Bechdel test and she was like okay sure but like the original thing was like about lesbians too you know that right because like I'm yeah. super gay yeah 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 um, but. Yeah, it's always funny to just like point out how flawed that metric is because we're like, oh well, it passes the Bechdel test. Like, yeah, lots of terrible movies do. Gili does. Yeah, it's just it's sometimes underwritten scripts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, everything about this movie except for the gore is an accident. Yeah. The gore and the homage are the only two things that are uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I did, I did enjoy this movie. I, I, there were parts of it, yeah, I definitely did not like, but I had a good time watching it because it was kind of just like it did scare me it was terrifying the kills were great the gore was really good the shots were really pretty the editing is pretty solid it's way over it's over bloated but i liked the cat data short i uh, completely agree if this was 30 minutes long i would have loved the hell out of it also if you're not going to develop a story for an hour and a half long movie then why? Yeah, Why? and it's because it's he wanted to play up that cat and mouse tension. And the cat and mouse tension is mostly good, but there's not as much of it as it feels like. this. This Like I said, this movie's just over-bloated. Yeah. I think it's really pretty. I think it's really well done. It's like it's a technical achievement. The acting from most people leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Outside of Thornton. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's solid. Is what I want to say. Like, it is a solid movie. The score is good, too. The score was really nice. Uh, helped heighten the tension and knew when not to be there. Um, like I said, like, there's movies, there's plenty of movies we've talked about where every technical aspect of it, fantastic. When it comes down to the creative choices, that's where it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's where I struggle, yeah, because I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think it was a fine-made movie in a, a from a technical um standpoint but i just you know i i can't really i don't think that i i was i was bored by this movie because of the lack of story and characterization but that's also where i come from my perspective of watching movies that's what i want that's what i connect with that's what i enjoy about movies um because you know you can only say like oh that's really pretty or like oh this music is is tight for you know for so long um i I wasn't very i was very bored by this movie even though it was scary i can say it was scary and that the performance of thornton was really amazing um but like 
towards the end, I started doing my taxes. I'm serious. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking I know. Serious. You were texting me. I started doing my taxes towards the end of this movie when I was watching it by myself because I was just like, all right, I know, like, I know how this is going to end. And, you know, it was still on and I finished it out like a champ. But I don't, I just, it was that boring to me that I started doing my fucking taxes because right. I don't like, um, I don't find beyond the first watch. I don't find things now that I know what's going to happen. Why would I watch this again? That's the only, you know, reason to watch this is like the shock value. Yeah. It's a gross out. And once that's worn off, it's like, okay. Yeah, I get that. I, I would potentially watch this again at like a party, you know? Right. To get other people's reactions, maybe. Kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean... I say this as someone who has watched Troll Two, no short, no nothing short of twenty times. Yeah, because um, I, I fucking love it. Uh, I have a very big soft spot for that movie. It makes me very happy to watch it. But uh, Primrock and I share that in common. We've seen it three times together. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not, but I love it. Um, but yeah, this is one of those that like the first time Prem and I watched uh, Troll Two at a party or uh, together was at a party because he and I were like the only ones who were like who knew what it was and he was going to put it on. And I was like, wait, you know it? He goes, wait, you know it? And I was like, I've seen it so many times. He goes, I've seen it so many times. And we're just like, it's always a fun moment. This is so fun. <laughs> it's that stepbrothers moment of, do we just come best friends? Yeah, um, definitely. So I, it, there's that to it. But yeah, I think for me, this movie is something I could watch again. I might throw it on in the background one night, you know, um, like maybe I want to play video games, but also want to watch a movie. And I'll just put it on my computer and uh, play my video games. You know, maybe there, I'll do that. But... There are just a million other movies. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a movie that I will remember that I kind of enjoy, but right. I don't have to pay a ton of attention to. Is what I mean. You know, yeah. It's kind of fallen into that category for me. Um, and yeah, no, I like I said a bunch of times. Like we both said a bunch of times on this episode. Good lord, does this movie hate women in like that casually misogynistic way? You know, and like that. So back to that point, actually, because I forgot to say something. The the finest point, the fine point that I wanted to put on it was um, the misogyny in, especially let's say Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Halloween. Both of those directors since said, yeah, like we're like, oh yeah, no, I just missed it because of my who I am, because of my own lived experience. I wasn't paying attention to that, mm-hmm. so we I fucked up. Uh, and again, we, when we talked about Halloween, Carpenter said, I didn't want this movie to have a point. I wanted to make a good, scary movie. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happened here, I think. And again, none of that is to defend him. None of that is to excuse the behavior. But it's like one of those things that Leone, or Leon is not recognizing or reckoning with. It's like, uh, did, did I do a bad, I did a bad thing? I, but I made a movie. Yeah, it's, a, it's, all, <laughs> it's all the... Um... It's just, you know, it's, it, we got to shine a light on the internalized misogyny of, you know, whenever whenever that is, you know, glaringly obvious. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that maybe maybe Terrifier 2 is a little different. Um, and I'll see it. Yeah, no, I'm curious enough to see it just because this one was had so many flaws for me personally. I'm interested to just see. But if but if the second one burns me, then I'm just going to be like, no, yeah. never again, which is fine. Yeah. Don't have to love every movie. Correct. And also, I just, I, I don't know. I would want to see him work on something else. It's, it's something is bothering me about the obsession with this one character. It's, yeah, it's, it, that's I, fair. I, I kind of want to look at him and go, you okay? <laughs> well, also just like, kill your darlings, bud. Kill your darlings. Yeah. Like, 
I didn't need the jump scare at the end. You clearly just wanted to make a sequel. Yes. But you can't let this character go. That was a good ending when he kills himself. That's a good ending. You didn't need to you didn't need to come back alive. Didn't have to happen. Yeah. And it's it's that thing of like let your characters die. Yeah. And work on something else. It's like whenever like I've been in um both been the person and been the person who said this in uh, like a like a music production situation, right? Yeah. Someone just keeps wanting to do the same idea. Or like in a writer's room when someone keeps pitching the same type of idea, right? Mm-hmm. And you just have to go, buddy, what else you got? Yeah. Like, is that the only thing? Because if it is, I'm going to pass. And I've been the person who's done that too, where I had an idea I wanted to make. I was so excited about it. I've had to do this recently, a project I've been working on for years. I just decided to kill because I'm like, nope, I'm done with it. I can't figure it out it's a puzzle that i can't solve i'm gonna work on other shit and it's been holding me back from working on other shit that's kind of how i feel what's, is gonna happen with him he's just gonna want to make terrifier 15 oh geez yeah and he'll never get past it and i think he has a lot of potential and if he kills this character lets it go then hey maybe we'll get a better movie out of him yeah um but you know like i said i'll see terrifier 2 um i liked the first one enough to give it to give it a shot and we'll see yeah, I think my curiosity has gotten the best of me, and I'll give him one more shot. But yeah, yeah again, if 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 Terrifier two is um, as bad as this one for me personally, then I'm I'm done. That's fair, completely fair opinion. You know. Um. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? I think I'm. I think I think I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or God, not. Why are you trying to silence women, Nicole? <laughs> So you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we're on the internet at HorrorBabesPod.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to give us a rating or a review on iTunes. And if you have any requests at all, our DMs are always open. This was, in fact, a recommendation or request from a good friend of ours, Janessa. Shout, uh, out, shout out, Janessa. What up, babe? Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I definitely love getting requests because sometimes I'm sitting there going, I don't, I don't want to pick anything. Just, well, we just, just want to know what you guys would like to hear. You know, feed. You guys are our listeners. We want to hear feedback from you. So, till next time. Yeah. Bye, bye, babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, baby.